Hi everyone, welcome to Just News episode 29. This is the weekend edition. I'm your host Nakul Gupta. This episode was recorded on Sunday, the 24th of November and covers the news of the weekend as well as the past Friday. So let's kick it off with world geopolitical news. Just two main items today. And the first one comes from Hong Kong where district elections have seen a record turnout. Pro-democracy protesters in the city have called for the elections to be seen as a referendum on the pro-China city government. And the second story is from Russia where President Vladimir Putin has said that development of a mystery missile will go ahead despite an explosion during its testing in August which killed seven staff members associated with its development. While details are scarce, the missile's engine is thought to be nuclear powered. Next up is world markets where there are three main updates. The first one comes from America where the US Chamber of Commerce has said that a phase 1 trade deal between China and the US may not be completed before the next round of US tariff hikes on Chinese goods comes into effect on 15th December. Staying with America, the US may introduce restrictions on its optional practical training scheme for foreign students in the country. Currently, foreign students can work for up to 3 years after graduation under the program. Indian students comprise a large proportion of foreign students in America. And finally, jumping across the Atlantic, in Britain, the Conservative Party has announced that should it win the forthcoming general elections in the country, it plans to charge foreign buyers of British properties a 3% surcharge to try and cool down the overheated British property market. And now coming to India, one big item in Indian geopolitical news, in a completely unexpected development in Maharashtra, the BJP formed the government in the state with erstwhile chief minister Devendra Fadnavis taking oath as chief minister again. For this move, the BJP has taken the support of Ajit Pawar, nephew of nationalist Congress party leader Sharad Pawar. In conflicting reports, Ajit Pawar has claimed to be representing his uncle and the entire nationalist Congress party in the tie-up with the BJP, while Sharad Pawar has disputed this claim. Later in the weekend, the Shiv Sena, Congress and Nationalist Congress Party who had been attempting to form a coalition government in the state approached the Supreme Court demanding a floor test for the BJP to prove its majority the court has asked the maharashtra governor to produce documents that prove an invitation was extended to the BJP to form the government in the first place moving on to two stories from the indian economy firstly the national statistical offices data for the january to march 2019 quarter showed that unemployment in the 15 to 29 age range fell marginally quarter on quarter as did unemployment in urban areas however this was tempered by the fact that labor force participation fell over the same period as well the labor force participation rate is the share of the working age population that is either in a job or looking for a job and the second story comes from a microfinance industry body the microfinance institutions network which has highlighted rising microloan defaults and increasing leverage of borrowing households in Assam as a cause for concern. Next up, a busy weekend in the Indian regulatory segment with three updates. The first one is that the government may modify the insolvency and bankruptcy code to safeguard buyers of stressed assets from any criminal liabilities that arise 
due to the actions of previous management or promoters. And staying with the Insolvency and Bankruptcy Code, the government may soon include 30 to 40 categories of financial services firms within the ambit of the code. These would include mutual funds, insurance brokers, wealth managers and merchant brokers. However, it's expected that banks, insurers and pension funds will likely not be included. And finally, the government may modify the Information Technology Act to make it mandatory for social media companies to ensure traceability of any content posted on their platforms. Coming to Indian telecom sector, which I've carved out as a separate segment because of two important stories this weekend. The first update is that Bharti, Airtel and Vodafone Idea have filed a petition with the Supreme Court for the court to review its own decision on the definition of adjusted gross revenues in the sector. The original judgment had resulted in an estimated additional burden of Rs 92,000 crores to the sector, most of it to be borne by Airtel and Vodafone Idea. And coming to the second update, the Department of Telecommunications may ask the Finance Ministry to refer the matter of pending input tax credits of telecom firms to the GST Council in an effort to speed up the resolution of the same. The total pending tax credits for the telecom sector amount to about Rs 36,000 crores and the sector has asked for the amount to be set off against spectrum payment dues. The government has been looking for ways to improve the health of the financially overburdened telecom sector. As you can see, this has been a busy weekend, none more so than for Indian companies, which is our penultimate segment. So the first story from this segment is that market regulator SEBI has blacklisted Carvey stockbroking after an investigation by the National Stock Exchange found that Carvey had sold clients' shares pledged with it for its own purposes. The regulator has stated that even if client shares are pledged with a broker, the pledged shares continue to belong to the client and can only be used to meet the client's own obligations and not for other purposes. The second update comes from the Bombay Stock Exchange, which has dropped Yes Bank, Tata Motors and Vedanta from its flagship index, the Sensex. It has replaced them with Ultratech Cement, Titan and Nestle India. Moving to a story that may become bigger over time, in a case connected to the ongoing insolvency proceedings of housing financier DHFL, the Uttar Pradesh government has guaranteed the Provident Fund Corpus of the state-owned Uttar Pradesh Power Corporation or UPPCL. Investigative agencies have already made arrests in connection to the investment of the UPPCL Provident Fund money into DHFL. And now three stories related to fundraising. The first one is that the government plans to infuse about 1000 crores of funds into state-owned India Infrastructure Finance Company as a way to increase investments in infrastructure projects in the country. Also, the SL Group, who are promoters of Z Entertainment, have sold a 15.7% stake in Z in a block deal reported to be worth around Rs 4,500 crores. And finally, IDBI Bank has agreed to sell its mutual fund arm to Muthoot Finance for a reported Rs 215 crores. And at last we come to our final segment, Indian Markets, where as of market close on 24th November, the Nifty was at 11,914 points, which was 54 points down from the previous close. The USD INR exchange rate was 71.706 rupees per dollar, which was 4 paise down from the previous close. The yield on the 10-year Indian GSEC 
was at 6.495%, which was relatively flat compared to the previous close. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening. As always, I request your help in spreading the word about this podcast to your family, friends and colleagues. If you have any thoughts or feedback, please write to me at justnewspodcast@gmail.com. That's justnewspodcast@gmail.com. Hope you'll join me again for tomorrow's episode. Bye-bye.